Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. And hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network, coming to you from the Al Davis Studio on the bucolic western shore of Maryland along the banks of the semi-historic Magathy River. You are listening to Maryland's leading conservative talk show, leading talk show, period, if you do ask me. Uh, Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network. I am your host, Brian Griffiths, with me in studio... Greg Klein. Good to be here. Yeah, it is. It is very good to be here on the western shore where the Baltimore Orioles absolutely. How are they doing? Are they are? Um, the technical term is terrible. I've seen some of the highlights. Good seats still available. Um, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Boy, howdy. Um, there were what seven thousand people at some of the games. Uh, the last couple of weeks. That's not good. Monday's Tuesday. Now, the weather's been horrible. The weather's been bad. The team is terrible. It's mon- Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays right. in April aren't that great anyway, just because, right. you know, the kids are still in school, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been no bueno. It's no, been no bueno. No bueno at all. Before we get started, Greg, I do want to remind you that this episode of Red Maryland Radio is brought to you by the Montgomery County Republican Party who invite you to their Lincoln Day dinner, and that is coming up next Wednesday, April the 25th, and that will be at the Rockville Hilton on at 1750 Rockville Pike in, you guessed it, Rockville. Uh, the, uh, the guest speaker is the Honorable George Allen, the former governor of Virginia and former United States senator from Virginia. Uh, tickets are still available for this event, by the way. Uh, the RSVP deadline is tomorrow. Though I'm sure that if you contact them after that, they'd be more than delighted to sell you a ticket. Anyway, uh, to to buy that ticket or to advertise, go to mcgop.com slash dinner, and that will give you all of the instructions that you need to know in order to attend the 2018 Montgomery County Republican Party Lincoln Day Dinner, and that's Wednesday, April 25th in Rockville, and that's coming to you authority. The Montgomery County Republican Central Committee, Don Irvine, Treasurer. Jeff, check that out. Definitely. Definitely check that Definitely. out. Definitely. I will, I will not be able to go, but Good I'm guys sure over there. it will be a, an absolutely fantastic event. we got Good a lot time. to talk about, Greg. Um, There's a lot going on. We've got poll results to talk about tonight. The we do. Poll. Wow, a lot of participation. Thank you very much. Yes, the MS, uh, MSEA made an endorsement in the Democratic primary. And, yeah, um, it's uh, fun. <laughs> pop Let pop, the fun begin. Pop your popcorn, kids. Uh, uh, Rich Madalino is is crying about tax returns, and not in the way you would think he'd be crying about tax. They're returns. trying. God bless them. They're trying to make something out of something. So. Chicken salad out of. Um, yeah, I know. What you, I know yeah. the expression. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and and usually this is a beat that we that that Greg talks about the conservative refuge, but uh, we're going to bring it to the flagship here tonight. Greg Greg uh, <laughs> Greg tweeted about cycling. I did. And the results were what you would expect. I, I had a nerve, it would seem. And and really not even close to the worst thing I've ever written or talked about or tweeted. It's a tweet. But it's, it's a tweet. It's, it's a not tweet. even it's not even something that was in the paper. It wasn't something that was on Red Maryland. It was a flipping tweet. Yeah. And I I was sharing a, Wa- a Wall Street Journal article and uh yeah, it hit a nerve. Hit a nerve around the world. I hit an international nerve. A lot of people tweeting at me using extra U's in their words and stuff. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. 
Uh, all that and more here in tonight's episode of Red Maryland Radio. Hey, if you want to be part of the conversation, 760-259-2711. Call from anywhere in the world. Indonesia. All those people angry about my tweet. Call, call Britain, in. Australia. Yeah, a lot of non-English if you've got places your, too. If, if you've got your phone in Djibouti and you want to call us. <laughs> Djibouti. That's a funny name. <laughs> you got to keep going. I know, I know. It's just I, you threw me off there with that. Sorry. Uh, so let's let's talk about other things that are hilarious, which is the teachers union. Okay, let's start with that. And um, so last weekend, and Greg, you talked about this. On a WGMD radio, today, I did, uh, which apparently got the attention of, of certain Democratic candidates, whom we will talk. We'll about. We'll circle back here. on that. I'm with Mike Bradley in the morning. He'll be off next week with a much deserved vacation. He works much harder than either Brian or I do. Uh, on that guy's w- that guy's on at least three radio stations that I yeah. can th- name off the top of my head. Yeah, and they're not that close geographically either. He he actually, and we're digressing because we're giving Mike his props. He will post on Facebook where he's actually doing two shows at the same time. He'll be doing two music radio shows in the evening for two different stations at the same time. So, so wait, wait a minute, that's a fourth station then. That was one, one I wasn't tracking. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, because I know- does, He picked up a couple extra shifts because he only worked 10 hours that day. <laughs> so he, he was doing... I swear, he was doing two different... It's like a country station and like a, you know... Uh, an adult contemporary. Yeah, I know. I know he does. I know he does WCEI, which is in uh, Chestertown, ninety-six point right. seven FM, on my presets. Oh, there and you I go. I hear well, Mike there, there from time to time. He does um, WJZ, uh, the fan, one hundred five seven, right. on the weekends. He I think he uses a different name there when he's there. Uh, I believe he uses his real name on the fan. Okay, actually, which I don't know what it is. So, um, well, I'm not gonna. He can. You can. Yeah. Figure that no, out I, yourself. I was gonna say. I thought I did know. His so he's got name. four radio stations he's working on. Yeah. And uh, here we are still on, on the internet. Well, that's why, because yeah, we're competing with guys forward. who work on five stations <laughs> who are, you know, professional broadcast. But anyway, 92.7 FM every Thursday morning at 7.50, I join Mike Bradley, the Mike Bradley in the morning show yeah. for the Red Maryland segment. Red Maryland featuring Greg Klein, by the way. I, I hear that, yes. I like that. I don't know who their voice guy is, but that's nice. Um, and we were talking about this this morning, this Teachers Union endorsed the the Maryland State, and you probably heard about this, Maryland State Educators Association, State Teachers Union, endorsed Ben Jealous for governor in the Democratic primary. Um and and the vote was eighty like eighty five percent. Now let's 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 break this down for a second, okay? Yeah, let's do that. This let's was break not, it and this is this is if you guys if you remember back a couple months ago, right, I wrote a piece in the Capitol. Okay. Yes, I remember it well. About the teachers' union, how the teachers' union was going out of their way. They, they said their stated goal now was to be the leading progressive organization in the Democratic Party. Okay, their their goal was no longer to be represent teachers, you know, or to promote education. Their goal was to be lapdogs for for left wing radicalism. And well, they're doing a good job. They got the no, right guy. They they sure did. So when we but when we say that eighty five percent of the teachers union endorsed jealous, that was eighty five percent of the three hundred or so representatives right, who attended right. this meeting. Not rank and file. Yeah, the yeah. rank and file. Um, no, they're can, all over the place. I can think of quite a few rank and files who are are, are Hogan supporters. Yeah, um, and 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 my guess is most rank and file teachers, very few are Ben Jealous supporters. <laughs> You know, by by their nature, even if they're Democrats, I mean, 
that I mean, I don't, I don't know that they're that much different. But but you're right, 85 percent. And here's and I know we've got an article here. There's a link at redmaryland.com to the Maryland Reporter article yes. on this. Um, was it Len who Len Lazarus? Yes, our friend Len Lazarus. But there's a quote in here, and we don't need to read the whole thing. But um, well, now go back to the top. I want to read this quote first. Okay, I, I, I think we're going to read the same quote. That one. Hold on. It's about, you know, obviously they, they overlooked Rusher and Baker and others, who, by the way, totally made up for it by getting Paris Glenn Denning's endorsement. Where's the laugh track? <laughs> I guess Martin O'Malley's coming on next. Um, That's probably true, actually. They were talking about, um, and I, I'm not seeing it here, the historic, there's a historic opportunity, the once-in-a-generation funding opportunity for state for state education and they want the guy who's going to get it done or whatever um yeah i'm not why am i not saying it it doesn't matter but the point maybe it's not in this article maybe it was in but here's here's the thing and let's let's talk about the other thing too you mentioned russia no here it is once in a generation opportunity for equity and funding we need a true pro public education a once in a generation opportunity for funding Hold on to your wallets, man. That's yeah. what they are coming after. So here's the other thing, too, that was tied in with this MSEA endorsement is the fact that the Prince George's County Teachers Union right. said, uh, you know, they went in all in on Ben Jealous, too. Now, of course, you know, that's because Russia and Baker has been a total disaster when it comes to education in Prince George's County. Yeah. Russia and Baker is, in fact, being attacked from all sides. When it comes to education, he's being attacked by the communists who are backing Ben Jealous. Right. Uh, And he's also being attacked by right thinking people, normal people like Larry Hogan. Well, both Jealous and Hogan attacked him on and said he should get rid of of Dr. Maxwell, your dear friend. Uh, My dear friend. My dear, dear friend, Kevin Maxwell. Go up for a sec. I want to read this quote from the president of the, um, you know, of the Prince George's County Education Association. Um our members know his reputation as a social justice warrior. We want somebody who's going to be concerned. Right now, we have not been given all the resources we need in Prince George's County. We don't want to see the behavior we've seen in Prince George's County. My members are two steps behind where they should be. Yeah, there you go. So there's a lot to unpack in that statement. Well, but that, that first, th- but that first <coughs> sentence goes back right to what I wrote all those months ago. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they couldn't get any more socialistic far left and then to say once in an op i mean that quote is chilling a once in a generation opportunity for funding and ben jealous is their guy okay if they think Russia and baker doesn't spend enough on education what do you think they're going to do if they get their guy in the state house and by the way that ties in nicely with my editorial that's running in tomorrow's capital already available on the website about democrats and taxes because you know, and, and Ben Jealous is the example that I used in that piece because I talk about I I talked about Gavin Buckley, the mayor of Annapolis, who's sure. raising ta- property taxes. Told people he wasn't going to raise taxes. They didn't raise taxes because it's the nature of Democrats to raise taxes. Ben Jealous isn't talking about taxes at all. He's talking about all this money that he's trying to spend, money that's not going to grow on trees, mind you. And the fact that if Ben Jealous were to get elected, you would see historic tax cuts that would cripple Maryland's economy. Tax increases. I'm sorry, tax increases. Yeah. You know, enormous tax increases yes. that would that would cripple Maryland's economy. And he's trying to do the same two-step that, well, he's not flat-out lying. He's trying to be a little bit more clever 
than than Gavin was. Gavin just pointed out, lied, and said, I'm not going to raise taxes. Gavin Buckley, the mayor of Annapolis, came out and said, I don't know him on a first-name basis, Mayor Buckley, said, and they have him on tape. Our friends at the Maryland Crabs have him on tape, and they're they're pretty left-wing, and they're pretty favorable to the guy. But even they're like, hey, we got you on tape saying you weren't going to raise property taxes, and you jacked them up through the roof. Um, by the way, they their most recent podcast, they said they were looking for opinions about the taxes. Hopefully, they'll just read your article. Oh, they have. I know, I, I know, that, I know that John has. He already reached out to me. John, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll have somebody on the show. I'm like, well, just, I mean, just read Brian's piece. Um, so, but anyway, but uh, he... Uh, what Jealous is trying to say is, well, we just need to reorganize our spending and reprioritize, and he's kind of hinted that we'll have to look at raising taxes. You can't jack up spending the way that he wants to do, the way that um, you know this commission wants to do. You're talking about billions of dollars a year. You're talking about 10% increase in the state budget just on K-12 through education. Forget... The free college, forget the 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 um, the the budget busting free health care that Jealous wants to do. There's no way you could increase the budget on any of those things without raising taxes. I mean, the governor has has done as good a job he can within the mandates that he has to control spending without raising taxes and having given a you know a little bit of a tax break. Um, actually, uh, it's actually a lot. It's not insignificant, but he'd like to go a lot further. Jealous is going to blow that up. He has to. Yeah. There's, you look, can't you add have, 10% spending to the state budget, which is as, what this commission is saying, and not raise taxes. And, as, can't I, do and it. as I pointed out in the Capitol piece is the fact that you're looking, you're talking about an already existing $45 billion state budget that is basically maxed out with, with huge swaths of that money being mandated spending by the Maryland General Assembly. Right. The money is not, there is not enough capital in the, I shouldn't use capital, there's not right. enough money in the, oper, in, the, in, you know, in the operating budget to fund all of the priorities that Jealous has talked about. Yeah. Okay? Now, this isn't, this isn't like some sort of stealthy thing where you're t- where you have a campaign saying Ben Jealous is going to do this. He's just not telling. He's coming out and telling you that he was going. He wants to oversee the biggest expansion of state government in our history, yes. possibly the biggest expansion of state government since Louisiana under Huey Long almost a hundred years ago. At this point, right? Okay, you know you can't. There is not ten billion dollars of discretionary funding every year sitting around to plow into. You know, this free college program, this Medicare for all program. Right. And again, that's just that's not even talking about funding, you know, additional education funding. That's not talking right. about probably a half a dozen other risky schemes that right. Ben we, Jealous is going to come up with. Absolutely. We've got about a what a forty two, forty four billion dollar budget. Something where about there. Kerwin commissions probably going to be somewhere about four billion a year just starting out. So that's a 10 percent increase right there. I mean, there's not a, there's not an extra 10 percent. You know, there's not. There's just the money is just not there, um, and I, you know, it's just astounding to me that that. And by the way, it's not just Brian and I saying that. The Washington Post did an op-ed making that very point months ago. We talked about it then because they were starting to go after Russia and Baker then. Even even you know our friend uh, Ben Jealous. Ben Jealous. Yes, they were starting to go after Ben Jealous. They were supporting Russia and Baker. Right. Even the Washington Post called some of Ben Jealous's programs pie in the sky, something that Barry Raskovar even parroted. I think the same week. 
And if Raskovar saying, you know, yeah, Ras- the, the, and that was months the ultimate, ago, the ultimate company man. Yeah, and that was months ago. I think they were trying to kill him before, you know, kill him in the crib, and that obviously didn't work. So, you know, it's not just it's not just us crazy conservatives who are saying that. The Washington Post editorial board realizes this is pie in the sky stuff. I mean, you know, this and and what's amazing to me, I get because we've documented it that the teachers' unions are radicalized. I get it. I the teachers' get union leadership is radicalized. Re- yes. yes. Their leadership leading the union is radicalized. Uh, I-, I get that Russian Baker is terribly flawed and going in the wrong direction, and all the establishment help he's getting is not going to help him. It's interesting. None of that's going to Kevin Campbell, which is hilarious. Um, it's, are you laughing, Kevin? I want to be <laughs> laughing with you, not at you. Um, and nobody else in the race can see, seems to be gaining much trouble. We'll talk about Madalino in a second. Yeah, we'll talk about Seems the race to be gaining general. a lot of traction uh, towards Jealous. But, I mean, somebody in the Democratic Party has to realize Ben Jealous is the worst candidate for them to nominate. He's the best matchup for Governor Hogan because Governor Hogan, the whole campaign is going to be about spending and taxes. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be easy for the governor to point out how crazy it is. He can cite the goddamn Washington Post yeah. and saying it. The, the ads write themselves. And he's got nine... He, he doesn't have enough money for all the ads that he could come up with. I mean, he and, does have a lot of money for a lot of and ads, here's but the you know thing. what I'm saying. And I, I know you guys talked about it on GMD this morning, um, but the piece that I wrote last weekend at redredmaryland.com about... And I gave you credit for it. Yes, you did. Thank you. Uh, it was about the piece Aaron Cox wrote in The Sun last weekend talking right. about how you know people like John Willis... Secretary of State, not a big fan of mine, but a smart guy anyway. Sure. Um, you know, somebody who knows, you know, a historian, somebody who understands the nature right. of Maryland politics. And the fact he said that 30% could win the Democratic gubernatorial primary. I think quite, it could be less than that. I was going to say, quite frankly, at this point, it could be 20% the way this is this is going. 25 at least, but yeah, 30% um, definitely wins it. I and think. the last time somebody won with 30% of the vote, and you guys met, talked about it this morning, was right. George Mahoney literally the most radicalized candidate the Democrats have ever nominated, even 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 by the Democrats' own, you know, racist, segregationist standard. Right. Um, he was out there. Yeah. And, you know, he was a candidate so radical that, the you know, that Hyman Pressman, the Baltimore City Comptroller, launched an independent bid for governor. And have ultimately helped throw that election to to one Ted Agnew. You may right. know him as Spiro Agnew. Spiro Agnew, sure. Who, of course, was the last Republican governor before Bob Ehrlich went on right. to be vice president of the United States. Of course, he had his he had his own problems, but right. but yeah, that's but exactly. But that's what it took to get that. At the, but the thing is, we're probably not going to get an independent run. But the point is two things: one, you can have a very far left, radicalized, out of the mainstream, um, Democratic candidate who's going to be a terrible matchup for the governor, who, by the way, let's keep in mind, I know some some of our folks on our side are a little critical of the governor, wish he'd do more of this or that or the other. If you look at some of the polling amongst registered Democrats, somewhere around 20 25%, so they're ready to vote for Governor Hogan right now. And that's without knowing who the Democratic nominee right. is. Right. If you get Ben jealous, I think you solidify that. I mean... You could see a huge chunk, and there's not going to be some independent vote. Independent well, vote. But let me let me stop you. Uh, well, for a okay, second. you may, let me okay. Let me, let me talk ahead, about this me. for a second. Go ahead. Because the okay, 
I've looked into this just just so that I you know you know dot my eyes cross my T's on this. There are once the Democratic primary, obviously both Democratic and the Republican primary, obviously right are June twenty sixth, right, and the deadline to file as an independent candidate is July second, I believe. Okay, right. Which is not too long thereafter. But at that point, you're going to know who the nominee is going to be unless something really freaky happens and it goes to absentee ballots. Which you can't which rule it, out which either. Which you can't rule out given, yeah. given how tight this is going to be. So to get on the ballot, if I remember correctly, you would have to then collect signatures to, to get on the ballot. And the signatures have to be delivered, I believe it's by August 7th. Okay. Okay. So, you know... It would take, I think, about 10,000 signatures to do that. You're trying to tell me that it's not possible that some moderate Democrat seeing which way the wind is blowing wouldn't come out and be able to get 10,000 signatures if they had a well-organized effort? I, I, I think, think it's they, incredibly possible. I think they could, and depending on who you got, you know, who who might they draw from? That might Some of them might draw from Hogan, so... I, I don't know. I don't think that would happen, but, but you're right. Who knows? It's a crazy year. I mean, if the rules don't apply, the rules don't apply. But Jealous is a, just a terrible, terrible match. It's He's the worst guy they could pick. It, I mean, obviously, electability is not a major issue. Of course, you're looking at the polls. <laughs> Democrats don't care about that. The other thing I mentioned this morning about this race, and then we'll talk about the Madalino thing, is as, compet- as hyper-competitive as it is, most of the discussions going on in the Democratic bubble because that's who they're voting. That's who they're yeah, competing this for. Yeah, because this is this, and you you were absolutely right about this. You made excellent points. Thank you. And I try. You, yeah, it's you do try, especially that early in the morning. You got to try. <laughs> um, been there, done that. But the thing is, is the fact that even even for you, you talk about this taking place in the Democratic bubble. The only way that we're really even getting information, and look, we are plugged in people. Okay, we pay attention to this stuff almost every day of the year. Right. And the only we're only getting kind of drips and dribbles of, yeah. of information, um, you know, and you, you see things on like the seventh state or you see things on certain well-funded liberal websites, which are now saying touting how independent and nonpartisan they are. Right. Um, and you see it. You don't ever really see it on the Baltimore Sun. You see it on their Twitter feed. You see Canada's Twitter feed. You see some stuff leak out on Facebook. Right. But you are absolutely correct. This at this point. The probably the only major thing that has been in the news recently about this campaign has been this this endorsement by the MSCA of jealous. Right. You know, this is this is a conversation among Democrats by Democrats for Democrats. It's it's li- it's liberal. And we're groups. only and we're only two months from the primary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's right. I mean, even in the Baltimore Sun, in that article you point out, none of these guys have have done any television advertising. Right. They all have. Very, I mean, most of them have extremely limited name recognition, and the and the this the, the Aaron Cox article talked about how right. everybody's looking at digital, right? Um, for well, that's what stuff. I'm saying, and right, you know, look, here's the thing: even particularly for for voters who are going to be more motivated to vote in an off year Democratic primary in an off year general election, right? You're still talking about older voters who still get a lot of their information from radio, by and large, and television. Maybe if and maybe more of them are on Facebook or something, but yeah, there's limitations the to is, that. Absolutely. And look, you can win, you can win a local campaign going strictly basically on digital now. Okay, that's possible. You get a low turnout election. Like I'm pretty certain that like these board of education seats that we have in Anne Arundel County, 
you can probably win spending most of your money on digital. That's possible. You got to knock doors, but yeah. You, but you know what I mean? As yeah. far as like, you don't necessarily have to do a lot of mailers. You don't necessarily have to do no, television, I, radio, direct mail would be a waste. Like I, I mean, I mean, we can get in the real geekery into that, but well, I mean, direct, I don't know. You can justify direct mail much unless you're really super micro targeting it. Well, look, if you're trying to win, if you're trying to, if you want to drop an, a mailer, a direct mailer, the week before. The primary, right, and you know, basically, as a particularly in in a, in a low turnout, low intensity race, you know, that's going to help you significantly when it comes to just name ID. Because when by the time you get to board of education, orphans court stuff like right. that, right, you're not nobody, nobody cares. Yeah, but if you do it the week before, it's going to be in the pile of all the other. It's look fair. The 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 game theory that goes into that stuff would drive you nuts, and nobody has the answer. If they did, they'd be making a lot more money than we but are. But the real reason why the Democrats are focusing all their efforts on digital right now is that they don't have the resources to spend all their money on television right well, now. Well, and it's not, I mean, they're, they're messaging to their audience. Some of them have some money, but you're right. It's not It's not a good use of it. And so the, the fact that we have such a diffuse media and we live in these bubbles is, is why I think unless you live in those bubbles, you're not going to see a lot of it. Um, you know, when you get to the general, it's a different story. The other thing is, and I mentioned this this morning as well, with this hyper-competitive a Democratic race, we are going to see cheating in Democratic skullduggery in elections to a degree that we have never seen before. This may very well be decided by who can cheat the best, who has the most walking around money, who has, you know, who can fill buses with people and get them to polls, you know, who can canvas the local prisons. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, they're going to pull out all the stops. If we want a preview of the worst the Democrats can do when it comes to cheating in an election, let them go after each other to the death and you're going to see it. If you were, if you lived in Baltimore and you're somebody who would benefit from walking around money, you're going to have a big payday on June 26th. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And remember... The Democrats are going out of their way to try to make things, you know, walking around money mean more because they right. want to make, you know, same day voter registration. Yeah. You know, remember, that's that's going to be on the ballot in the fall. And again, as I've mentioned before, lots and, more to come from Red Maryland. And, and that's where that. some of those resources are going to go. That's where some of that organization is going to go. Um, and, uh, you know, if we want to see how these rules can be taken advantage of. They're going to do it to each other. I, I, you know, keep a close eye when you see buses pull up at your precinct. It's not going to happen where we are. Oh, no, 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 But if, you know, hang out in some polling places in Baltimore City and Prince George's County and see some, you know, some buses rolling up and unloading. Get ready for that. I'm sure that that's uh, that's something the Baltimore Beat can handle. Oh, that's right. They went out of business, just like the city (laughs) paper. You want to talk about Madalino? Let's talk about Madalino, yeah. Uh, And then we'll go ahead and take a break after that. So, your boy, Rich Madalino. My boy. Um... Not a, prancing. Not prancing, no. Made a production this week of releasing his tax returns and inviting all of the other candidates and Governor Hogan to release his tax returns. Six years worth. Six years worth of tax returns. Now, this is not something that's usually done at the gubernatorial level. So, you know, if you're, if you're wondering what this has to do with anything, you know exactly what it has to do with. It has to do with 
Donald Trump. Sure, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. This is, you know, look, they've been trying without complete, and they've by and large given up trying to tie Hogan to Donald well, some, Trump. Yeah, yeah, most for the most part. By and large, they've given up on that. The Democratic this, social media machine has pivoted to yeah. all sorts of we other nonsense, even, I, which yeah. we spend pretty much a lot of time just. Yeah, the, I think the guy who replaced the banjo troll has been fired now, too. I don't know. But oh, whatever happened to the banjo troll? <laughs> oh, that's right. The candidate they were backing for governor quit the race. Well, there's the that. banjo troll is like, you know, he is just he is just to the shadow of death. Everything that guy touches turns to just excrement. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. But anyway, um, <clears throat> but this is a way to harken back. There was um, Donald Trump hasn't released his tax returns. That's a big thing for Democrats. We know from the Gonzalez poll, the number one issue for Democrats in the primary is getting rid of Donald Trump. Yes, getting rid of Donald Trump is the biggest issue in the gubernatorial primary in Maryland. Yet not even close, like 41% say that's the number one issue. I'm not sure exactly how the governor is going to do that. Democrat or Republican, not the point. That's their obsession. And this kind of plays into that. Now, look, I, Matt Alino has been a state senator. I don't think he does anything else. So his tax returns are not going to be that interesting. But he's been calling on the governor to release. And, and the governor's released whatever he needs to release. The governor hasn't done any more or less than any other gubernatorial candidate or any other governor. They all have financial disclosures they got to do. There's a, there's a nothing burger there um, as far as anybody hiding anything. But he's just trying to make the issue. And what's interesting is he's calling on the other candidates to do it. Some of them have said they would. I didn't hear about Baker or Kamenetz if they said one way or the other. I don't recall. Uh, and I haven't heard from Chris Vignaraja. Yeah, can't imagine, I'm curious, why, can't imagine why Chris Vignaraja doesn't want to file. He wants to go back or. six years. I'm curious what state she filed in. Yeah, funny. <laughs> for the last six years. Um but it's a big nothing. I mean, well, and here's the other thing, too, okay, is yeah. that there was, a, you know, they, the Democrats made a production. This is the other point, yes. Democrats made a production out of a bill that right. would require presidential candidates in Maryland to release their tax returns before they um, before they were allowed to be on the ballot in Maryland. Right. Okay? This uh, was aimed at Also, this... another bill that didn't pass this year, by the way. Yeah, but this was aimed clearly at the president. There were amendments to, to make it apply to all yeah. state elected officials. That got voted down. And who voted against it? Rich Madalena. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, you have Madalena who was voting against this stuff when he was a member of the state Senate just this year and now making a production about... Uh, you know, about releasing his tax returns now that he's tried. And this is, look, this is the thing, too. We talked about this before. Madalino is in the lower tier of gubernatorial candidates right now. He's in the second tier, yeah, at yeah, least. Yeah, second tier of three. I mean, you have to say that Ralph Jaffe and that other guy, all of whom still... <laughs> that other guy. All of whom still, by the way, when the Baltimore Sun did profiles about the Democratic candidates and did profiles explaining the seven you know, of the uh, of the candidates of how they could win and how they could lose the primary, right? Ralph Jaffe and that other guy... Um, were not included on those lists. Well, geez. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> yeah, funny, funny that. But then again, the Democrats, you know, the Democrats ignore some of their own candidates too, and the Democrats refuse to acknowledge guys like Ralph Jaffe um, exist too. Maybe they're afraid that like it's going to be like a Ray Fistero situation when he got 20% against KKT back in 2002. Well, I that's, don't know. That's, and by the way, uh, I don't think this would happen to Governor Hogan, but the fact that he has no primary opponent is kind of a big deal. Because that can't happen to him. 
I'm pretty sure even Martin O'Malley had a primary opponent in 2010. If I and I think right. it was kind of embarrassing for him, if, if memory serves. And if you remember that, but if you remember, though, this, too, the Democrats almost always have a primary opponent against their governors. It almost right. it seems to always happen. Look, even the times that, you know, like, look how many Democratic candidates that Ben, you know, Ben Cardin is running against this year, um, you know, and I'm not and I'm not just talking about Chelsea Manning. I'm talking right. about the usual list of goobers. Who, it's something about running for Congress that draws. Yeah, it draws. It draws, draws crazy in. people. There, I've said it. It's true. I've interviewed enough of them to know. Ma- Martin O'Malley had got eighty six point three percent of the vote in the Democratic primary in two thousand ten. Right, running against two other tickets that were also running against him. Right. Okay. So my point being is the fact that the fact that Larry Hogan, you know, didn't have a primary opponent as Greg said is absolutely striking and and telling right um but it's it's important too because all the grousing doesn't have any place to focus and the attention's going to be focused on who you know who the finalists are going to be for the november election right you know so the democrats can continue to fight each other you know elsewhere i mean but but ultimately you know this is this is like the same thing where you know when when there was the fight about the prancing comment between the alec ross campaign and the, um, you know, in the Madalino campaign, which ultimately, you know, did Ross knew what he was doing, I think. I think he, we, he, knew, he knew exactly what he was saying. But the whole reason that it became this, this giant, you know, hub hub was because both campaigns wanted it to be a giant hub hub because somebody was hoping desperately to notice that they were actually running for government. Well, I don't know there was a giant hub hub, but the fact that it was something people were talking about in the race... Yeah, I mean, did it hurt either one of them that it got out there? No, Alec Ross is trying to be a little more moderate, a little more middle of the road. Is he dog whistling? Maybe a little bit. But, you know, at least people are hearing his name. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I mean, that's the problem. The vast majority, I think, even of Democrats don't know who Alec Ross and Jim Shea and these guys are. So, you know, they need to you know, knock over liquor stores or do something to get on the news. <laughs> so we'll, I mean, we'll see what, what, the, what they do go for. Some of those guys have money too, which is really just amazing to me. It, it is rather, rather bizarre. Greg, why don't we take a break? Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about Greg getting on the, on the nerves of cyclists and, uh, <laughs> and we'll talk about the Red Maryland April Pro. Stick with us. You were listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on a Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. 
Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters. You're listening to the Red Maryland Network. On the Red Maryland Network. Stroopwafel. Uh, I actually went to, to the Daily Scoop today. Uh, it was St. Jane Francis night out at, uh, at the Daily Scoop. And we I was going to say, is it a St. Jane Francis night? It, it is. And uh, they did not have they did not have Stroopwafel. So. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. There's some in the kitchen if you want to take one with you when you go. Oh, no, I'm good. I will not I will not deprive a man of his Stroopwafel. Okay. But um, Laurie eats most of them. That's okay. Okay. What? I get in trouble. She listens now, so I, I have to be careful what I say. It's true, though. What I said is true. Okay. Well, <laughs> go eat a Stroopwafel, man. What are, you, what are you doing? No, I'm not complaining. I'm just making a comment. It sounds like you're complaining. No, no, no. Heavens no. Okay. Complaint would be she doesn't throw the wrapper away. But I'm not that saying that either. Bad. Yeah, that would be pretty bad. That's no bueno. Uh, Nine! That was a mistake. <laughs> Send your letters. What that impo- Oh, no, I'll get a message. Don't worry. <laughs> Hey, speaking of messages, just FYI for those of you who didn't see it, uh, redmaryland.com is where you want to go for all your candidate survey information. We've got Yes. We've got we've had hundreds done. We've got a lot more to go. Yes. Um, so, and when we get into the poll comments about I wish there are fewer of those, I think, and there should be. But we've got tons of information about candidates. Use the search feature. You I, you say, I live in Frederick County. Search Frederick County. Say what is this guy? I've heard this guy's name and search their name and you can find their results there. Yeah. And if they're good candidates, they'll have links to other places you can go and get more information. Yes. Most- and if not, they're bad candidates and you have to evaluate that as well. Um, Yeah, there have been a lot of people, uh, you know, who, who just don't have a website. They don't have Me social need media. need website? They don't have yeah. social. It's, you know, you can get away with. That's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> You can get away with like running for central committee without a website, but you don't have a Facebook page. Running unopposed, maybe. Well, but like you're right, a Facebook, but not even a Facebook page. Yeah, that's 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 a little egregious. Also, you know, you don't make me want to vote, you know, endorse you or vote for you when you don't answer all the questions. Okay. Well, everybody can make their own judgments. Those are just some of ours, but you can make your own judgments as well. And to people's answers. So you can go to redmaryland.com. If you, the, every every one of our candidate surveys has yeah. the, the category link that says candidate survey. And if yes. you click on that, you will have all of them. Okay? Yes. And you'll be able to scroll through all scores of them. Scores and scores and, and scores. Scores and scores. Yes. There are, you know. We we heard you say, I wish we I wish there was some place I could go to get information on candidates. Boom. Done it. There you go. Uh, also, of course, we're still in endorsement season. We've now yes. made two endorsements last week. That's we correct. endorsed uh, Al Redmer for Baltimore County Executive. Went over well. Overwhelmingly positive feedback. That's true. That is absolutely true. And uh, we also, this week, released our endorsement of Craig Giangrande running for the state yes. Senate. Far in, less in controversial 
And I think that's a credit to to Mr. Gian Grande. Indeed, I think he's clearly the best candidate in that race. Let's get behind. Let's there get, is there is no question. He start the, winning. He is the best candidate in this race. And uh, I had, I had to break it to my father-in-law. Though. He's a he's but a, he's okay. He's okay with it. He's a fan of the other uh, of the other candidates. He's he he likes some of those guys. It's a work in progress. Okay. okay. Well, I'm working with the man. All right. Okay. Well, that's a, he lives in that area, so you know he's. I'm kind of taking the temperature there too a little bit, but Gian Grande is going to be great. He's a great guy, and we're happy to endorse. There are him. other endorsements coming, so just there are. stay tuned. Some of them will be more controversial than others, but uh, there are. You know, we will. Uh, you will. You will see them, and on we're the- still considering them. Yes, there are several races we are still considering. And we sometimes get requests, and that doesn't mean we'll do anything because we have to all agree and. We're not going to endorse in every race. The folks we endorse are people we feel strongly about. So Yes, I agree. So one thing other people feel really strongly about is cycling. Ha <laughs> ha! I see what you did there. And and Greg took Greg took to Twitter. Greg Greg is a Twitter. Uh, I like the Twitter. He likes the Twitter. I like the Twitter. It you know, when I'm working what I'm what I've been doing of late that's keeping me occupied, um, I can't really blog as much as Brian and Brian desperately wishes I would. Um, and I don't do a lot on Facebook, not a Facebook kind of guy, uh, but I like Twitter cause I can throw up a thought. I can share something. I could like something and there's lots of good stuff on Twitter. And, uh, cycling is one of these beats that I've been covering for years. You've been listening to conservative refuge. If you listen to, if you've read anything I've written anywhere that I've written, I bring this topic up. So I, there was a, there was a wall street journal article about bike lanes and how difficult it's becoming and how how the cycling movement is facing opposition. Now the article's not particularly anti-cycling in any way. It's just it's just making an observation that um it's getting tougher. People are pushing back. You know, what we call the bike lash. That was actually a term the Baltimore Sun used about yes. some of this stuff. And they talk about some of the things that happened in Baltimore. So I tweeted, I shared that, I retweeted the article and said, and here's all I said, I've been covering this and predicting it for years. Slowly, citizens are waking up to the true cost of the cycling community's organized political lobbying. Bike lash is long overdue. Not now, a controversial you, statement at all. And it's true. It's a First off, it's a statement of fact that I've been reporting it. And citizens are waking up to this. And obviously, that's my characterization of it because people are realizing, wait a minute, these bike lanes mean less money for roads. These bike lanes mean, you know, it's harder for me to drive from one place to the other. These bike lanes mean the fire truck can't get down the street now. I mean, these are the things that are coming up and people are starting to realize, you know, these bike lanes, they're not all good. (laughs) You know, I don't cycle. As, as the vast, vast majority of Americans do not get from point A to point B in a bicycle, which cyclists say is the problem, um, more, cyc- more bike lanes, more cyclists on the roads is a problem to in their minds. It's a little thing, as Greg likes to say. Uh, probability, probability and physics. physics. Uh, but that goes to the injury thing. So, so, when I, so when I just retweeted that, by the way, well, you tweeted you tweeted the article with your own comment, as many people yes. do on the Twitter machine. And that's what Twitter is, and it and it set off. It set off was the professional term, storm. I believe, is a shitstorm. Actually, well, it, you know, it, there was some responses, and then the responses got retweeted, and then the snarky comments got retweeted, and then 
and then it got into the cycling Twitter, and uh, everybody jumped in. And I, I probably had a hundred responses. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean direct responses, and most of the you know about a third of them were the fat jokes, which you expect because you know cyclists are classy. Um, you know, well, I you know, uh, but. Over half of them were from outside of the country, let alone... I think there's only one guy from Maryland. Mm-hmm. The rest were from out of the country. So people from Indonesia and Scotland and... Scotland. Scotland. Grand you know, people, somebody, really. Somebody in Britain said, we, we've got a bike ready for... But now I'm doing a, Scottish, a bad Scottish accent. We've got a bike ready for you, Greg. You know, it's only, you know, normally we charge 1,200 squiggly L's, but we've... <laughs> We've Kick got your bike and go get some haggis. Um, which I found interesting because what I mean, I don't give a crap what their transportation policy is in Indonesia. Obviously, they have a different culture. Yes, vis-a-vis cycling and cars and roads and all that stuff in London than they do in Baltimore or in Canada than they would do, you know, in the United States. Um, so I, I found that interesting. But one of the things I did find that was kind of affirming i've always pointed out that the cycling lobby and i've chronicled it on on the conservative refuge and what i've written about over the years is that it's a it's at its heart it's a progressive movement and it's largely a movement of progressive affluent liberals right it's for rich white people it's for rich white people thank you rich white progressive who are convinced that they are morally superior because they're physically fit and because they are saving the environment. That's what the New York Post said about them years ago. And uh, true to form, that was kind of the response I got that was affirming that. In fact, one, and I retweeted this, said that, uh, you know, the cycling lobby is the Black Lives Matter of the trans- of, of transportation policy. That's how they see And she thought it was a positive thing when she said that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't retweet, but what I also got was that people who were advocating on behalf of automobiles, they're the KKK. <laughs> they're the, you know, they're the Ku Klux Klan, if, if you're in favor of automobiles. And there was one guy who referred to uh, that I was representing the, uh, hold on, I'll, I'll come Is this like it. when you were taking the money from Monsanto for your campaign? Uh, yeah, I, I, here's, here's, you're writing about cycling politics and advocating for the auto slash parking slash fossil fuel slash sedentary Luddite contingency. So apparently, in Greg, addition, please diagram in addition, that sentence for me. By the way, in addition to being a leader of the heightened anti-clown movement, which yes. I still am, I am also a leader in the sedentary Luddite contingency. The irony, of course, being is the fact that the people who are calling you the sedentary Luddite contingency are the people who want to take away technology and use human-powered machines. Well, that you see, that's, you don't, you're overthinking it. And that that guy was from Oregon. So, Portland, okay. Oregon at that. Yeah. So, Portland, I, Oregon, by the way, the only place I ever almost punched somebody at a baseball game. <laughs> because what happened, because they, I, was at, I was in Portland watching a baseball game on the 4th of July and right. some jag- on the Fourth of July, and some jagoff turned his back on the flag and started making a ruckus during the national anthem. Unbelievable! Well, this is who you're dealing with. Yeah, probably the same guy. Really, this is the same kind of jerk. Same kind of hipster douche. 
you know. They have good donuts, though. And by the way, you know, a lot of these responses, because they're from overseas, there's extra U's and S's instead of Z's. And oh, Greg can't read that. C's. I can, well, I can. But uh, you're from Frederick County. They don't know what to do with those extra. Years. I, I've learned. I've trained myself. Uh, I wish you're being an I didn't learn that at Catoctin High School. That's for sure. <laughs> Go Cougs. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't spell color with no U. I'll tell you that right now. Click, click, click. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to let that pitch go by. But uh, <laughs> I went there. It's true. I'm sure it's changed dramatically. Um, <laughs> oh, there's still. I'm I'm sure there's plenty of that. I'm sure there's plenty of that. Uh, you know, my mother still lives across the street from the high school. So. Oh, OK. Yeah. So um, anyway, near the sheets. Uh, up the road from the sheets. Yeah. Yeah. Up from I, the sheets. I stop at that sheets frequently when I'm in that area. Is that right? Well, you'll have to stop and say hi to my mother sometime. I'm sure she'd love to have you come visit. Um, <laughs> save me the trip. I'm joking. She doesn't listen, so I don't have to worry about that. So anyway, this is, you know, I've 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 incurred their. I'm still getting responses. I mean, for the last three days, I've been yes, getting these three retweets days. and liking these things they've been saying about me. Uh, and again, it's more kind of this sarcastic, you know. Um, Aha, Greg's fat. Well, there's some of that. There's some of that. But there's, oh, we just want to save lives. Saving, you know, I mean, because cars are the problem. Uh, everybody who's in favor of cars is the Klan. Uh, everybody who doesn't subscribe to the cycling agenda is a bully and wants to kill cyclists. You know, there's there's no way that they could even contemplate the idea that having more bikes on roads with cars and trucks is going to lead to more death and injuries for cyclists. That's impossible. But just to bring it full circle back to our show and what we're talking about, and I haven't written about this or talked about this. You should. I Yes, thank you, Brian. I deserve that. Um, thank you, sir. May I have another? Uh, their agenda this year, one of the big items of the, of the cycling agenda in Annapolis this year was this um, uh, this – they were trying to they were trying to pass a bill and I, I'm blanking on what it was called. It was kind of the, the endangered. Uh, they were hooking up with with pedestrians and they were trying to change the law to make when when a car runs into a cyclist or a pedestrian that that they would get rid of contributory negligence for that and they would raise the criminal penalties for that vulnerable. Vulnerable road users or something with vulnerable persons was what they were calling them. And this vulnerable person. And I talked about this uh, before the session started. They were lumping in pedestrians with cyclists, even though they're not really the same in a lot of circumstances. But people think hitting a pedestrian is bad uh, all the time, because really, how do you hit a pedestrian unless you're doing something wrong? But cyclists. Anyway. The bill died. Everything they were trying to do died. Uh, it got out of the House, but this was one piece of legislation that died. So their agenda went nowhere. Despite having the recommendations of this Bicycle Safety Commission that they had appointed last year, um, despite all of that, they got nowhere. And I think a part of that is coming down from what's happened in Baltimore, seeing what's going on. I don't, I don't take any credit for it, but I think I think some legislators are starting to realize prioritizing cycling in our transportation policy is not a winning program. 
Well, no, I mean, it doesn't make any sense because it doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't, and, and we've talked about this, it doesn't solve the fact that it takes longer for a truck containing food to get to the grocery store from the distribution center. It doesn't fix the fact that it takes longer for an ambulance to get through traffic to get somebody to a hospital. Right. That nor, sort of thing. nor does it nor does it acknowledge the basic human behavior that people aren't taking cars because they haven't thought of riding a bike or because there's some sort of social pressure for them to take a bu- to to drive a car. People drive cars and live where they want to live because they want to live in those places. Right. Those are voluntary choices that free people make. Um, and the idea that you want to change policy and coerce people uh, into, you know, trying to make other choices or punish them for not making the choice of cycling or putting or more importantly, putting cyclists who are a small minority, who are people who have an avocation for a certain endeavor to wit cycling putting them in an exalted status above the vast majority of people who are driving cars to get from point A to point B is not a good public policy way to go. Okay? Um, I don't think policymakers have gotten to the point to realize that the best thing to do for the safety of cyclists is to get them off the road. That hasn't landed yet. But I think they're starting to push back on the special, you know, the, the cycling lobby doesn't have the juice that it used to have. And, um, you know, their big push this year ended up flat. So, anyway, I wanted to bring it full circle. Indeed. Let's take a quick break. Cyclists hate me, and that's fine. Right, and and Greg wears that crown <laughs> with a badge of honor. The, what what was it again? The Luddite, the sedentary Luddite something. Coalition. Co- something. Junta. I'll work on that. Whatever. It, not, not, nothing beats heightened anti-clown movement leader. I'll put that on my tombstone. <laughs> Husband, loving father, loving husband, leader of the heightened anti-clout movement. That's on my tombstone. It works. It works. It, it works. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will bring you the results of the Red Maryland April poll. Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on a Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters, you're listening to the Red Maryland Network. Zwoele zomerhits. Klopvaste actua. De leukste cadeaus. Donna. The sound of summer. 
We are back. Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am Brian. He is Greg. Good to be here. We have get in. It's not. We're getting in the mood for what? For summer. The Orioles need to get in the mood for summer because they yeah. look like they're well, still in We're trying. Training. We're doing what we can to help. We uh, have a caller. We do way. have a caller. Let's go to. Uh, let's pull this caller up. Uh, and caller, Hello? you are on the air. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hello. Breaker. This here's a convoy. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they hung up. Uh, could be BTR technology, too. I wouldn't rule that out as a possibility. That is definitely true. So They were holding over the break, and we got them on. and Got them on as soon as we could. Let's try it again. Sounded like there was somebody there. Let's try it again. Caller, you're on the air. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> All that's right. fine. We try. Thanks a lot. Call back. We appreciate the effort. So, well, now we're to the point where uh, what you've all been waiting for, which is yeah, the poll Red results, Maryland baby. poll results, and uh, as as we are want to do, very much want as we run up to a primary election, the the poll participation increased. Three hundred and seventy of you. Yeah, thank you, everybody who participated. Many of you from Baltimore County. Yeah, a lot of interest from Baltimore County, which is great. Which is great. Um, a lot some, of counties. Some counties, though. Somerset. Come on, Allegheny, Caroline, Garrett. You know. Come on, man. What are you guys doing? Kent. Get with the program, people. Uh, of the people who did participate, twenty-seven of them, briefly, ten percent of the state central committee participated. Oops, sorry. Yeah, you gotta yes. you gotta make it bigger. For one thing, <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. Is that the first time he's heard that? Uh, it's certainly the first time I've heard that. No. Um, so there we go. Right, come on. Just relax, man. Can't use technology. Maybe that's why you don't like it. That's a, I'm a luddite. Apparently, you are. Yes, the according height, to the Twitter, anti luddite movement. Wait. Um. Wait. What? Rarity this month. A lot. Most of the the highest. Plurality of participants was in the 55 to 64 year old demographic. Yeah. Which is interesting. Advertisers. Yeah. This is your demographic. You want to be. Classic rock, baby. Yeah. Give us your boner pill commercials and whatever else (laughs) old people need. (laughs) I'm joking. I don't know. But somebody does. It's funny only because of like the number. You, you, Greg, we're going to have an aside now. Greg, you listen to many podcasts. I do. It's I do. true. So it's always funny to hear when, like, the latest podcast advertiser is sweeping uh, through the industry. I know where you're going. Because all of a sudden it's like, use hymns. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Your, no, th- your, your source for hair regeneration yes. and sexual wellness. That is that is the new one. Absolutely. That and the Quip toothbrush or the whatever. Oh, no. The Quip, Quip's kind of got out of my ecosystem now. Okay. Now it's all, all about right. now it's all about that, and it's about, oh, what's the new food Distribution and the, one of those the, the new Blue Apron. There's another. There's some new one. Oh, there's so many of them. Yeah, you know what? I listen to a podcast. We're we're aside now. I listen to a podcast called Cults. It's about cults. That's that's truth in advertising. It's 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 uh it's pretty good. They're I think they're running out of ideas though because that seems like it would have you have a limited shelf life on that. you know because they did Jonestown and they did you know a lot of the big ones and Heaven's Gate and did all they that do kind Trump? of stuff. They haven't done Trump. They did one where, like, nobody died. They think maybe one person killed themselves as a result, but they can't really prove it. I'm like, is that does that even count? Um, yeah, that's that's not a cult. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, does that that's really am, count? That's Amway. You know, 
I mean, when you're doing the ones where they set out the the one that set off the sarin gas in Japan, that's a cult, right? Anyway, but when they do the show, they'll be talking about, and then fifty five children were molested, and then they'll have like the short, like a two second music break. You know what I love? <laughs> I love the new styles at so and so clothing. You should check them out. They're all natural source. Did you check out my movement watch? <laughs> you know, Untuck after it. we get hungry doing this show, but when we're done, we know that we have a great uh, uh, Blue Apron meal waiting for us at home. It's like the shortest transition to like a different tempo music. Yeah, that seems like it would be. And look, I understand we are not kings of the transition here, right. mainly because we started doing this topic and are now on a completely probably, separate aside. It's probably just enough that you couldn't just play it and it would be hilarious, but it's really close. Oh. <laughs> Check it out. It's a decent podcast. But anyway, anyway. I digress. We right. don't do that. <sighs> We don't transition clumsily into commercials. No, we just transition clumsily all over the place and back. Um, so the, our our big question, of course, of the month. Yes. Who will be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate? U.S. Senate. Lots of candidates. Lots of candidates. And what I learned in the past couple of weeks. What have you learned? Of the, uh, what, 11? 2, 4, 6, 8. Sure. 11 candidates who are running for the U.S. Senate. Right. Only four of them have actually filed paperwork with the Federal Election Commission to raise money, spend money, etc. You don't need so money to get elected to the U.S. Senate. What you, you pay crazy? $290 to get your name on the ballot. Can't even be bothered to file the paperwork to raise money. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And look, a lot of these people have, you know, have submitted their, their candidate surveys. Okay? Yeah, some of these are the ones like, well, I sit around watching Fox News all day and wanted to do something. So I'm running for U.S. Senate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure most of these candidates at this point have uh have have done our candidate survey. Yeah. But, a lot of or and, and interviewed with us. Be that as it list. may, Tony Campbell, the big winner in this poll yes. was forty four point two percent of the vote. We uh, do have a survey from him that came out. We interviewed him for election focus. Yes. Very interesting candidate. Absolutely. Getting a lot of attention. Chris Chafee, who finished second in the two thousand sixteen Republican primary for US Senate. I uh, just saw one of his signs go up on Ritchie Highway. Actually, yeah, on the way I saw there. one on uh, on 50. So uh, he, it's got to be better than him giving interviews. That, that's that got to be a strategy. Either way, he's second in this poll with 7.1%. Uh, Christina Gregorian is third at 5.3%. Right. She seems to not be setting the world on fire at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Any. You want to expand upon that? No, or? not really. I mean, I still haven't even met her yet or seen anything from her. Like I said, I met her once at the state party convention. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was not blown away. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, look, you take a guy like Tony Campbell, you see him all around the state. He's taking pictures, putting him on Facebook. I think Tony was at Tony was at the college Republicans convention yeah. on Saturday. He was at a teenage Republicans meeting. He was at the gun rally. I saw him at all these places. I think half the, the reason you have events is so people can take pictures with them and post them on Facebook to say they were there like that. If I was a candidate, that's what I would do. I would just show up, take but pictures I, and leave. I tell you what, from what I can tell, Tony Campbell's the only one doing doing the well, work. He's, and he's doing it. Give the guy credit. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Albert Howard, who is the fourth candidate. Yeah, the, father to four, the other four candidates who have actually filed FEC paperwork are Tony Campbell, Chris Javey, Christina Gregorian, and Albert Howard, who was the... Um, are you telling me Brian Vaith hasn't filed any paperwork with the... My FEC? understanding is he may not be actively running anymore. No. 
So no, he's, he's a fourth, shoe in. He is fourth in this poll with three point nine percent. So so he's voted in the poll. We know that got some of his friends. Uh, Blaine Taylor, one point eight percent of the vote. And somehow it'll be our fault when he loses. Like we did something. He did. Hey, he completed our our candidate survey. Uh, we've reached out to him to do election focus. You know, so we have provided <laughs> we have provided him with the opportunity to participate. We have. We have. We're nothing if not fair. Right. And uh, and then there's a bunch of candidates who who get onesies and twosies. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Still checking in with thirty six and a half percent of them. Yeah. Call into our show. I mean, if you're one of those candidates, you're obviously sitting at home not doing anything. So call in. I. You know. And maybe it's just the cheap. You know, because I'm a cheapskate. Right. But if I was going to put $290 of my own hard-earned money down to run for the United States Senate, right. you can bet your ass my ass would be out there doing something, even if it was just sign-waving. Something. Yeah, but, I mean, none... Yeah. I mean, I, you might as well just set it on fire. I mean, do you get the thrill of your name being on the ballot? Is that worth $290 to you? Because that's really all they're doing. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's clearly these, not about winning. It's not about getting issues out. It's just seeing your name on a ballot. And some it's of these cra- candidates, and literally some, crazy. And some of these candidates have done this multiple times. I have. I have been hesitant in the past to consider the idea of people having to petition to get a candidacy. I am beyond that now. I. I, especially for these statewide races, for races for Congress. I'm okay with that kind of regime. Like you got to get a thousand signatures before you can get on the ballot. Or something. You know, and and here's just the thing. writing you a check because no. you don't you don't see this. You know, there are only there's only really one district I can think of for like the House of Delegates. We'll get to it later on, right? Where you have a multitude of people, you know, who who are running for any particular seat. Right. You know, most of these seats. You know, we have. Two seats in my district, thirty-one B, and you've got four people running for them. All of four, three of which could be pretty are, are credible candidates. Whether there's you like some great right. people in that race, and not so great people in that race, right? Um, and Terrible then you've got, people. and then you've got like seven people running in your district in thirty-three, which is not unusual. The pro- my point being is the fact that you ha- it's two hundred and ninety dollars to run for governor or for U.S. Senate, right? Or um, it's a hundred dollars to run for Congress, right? Okay, but it's it's Fifty bucks to run. I, th- I think maybe you're twenty five to run for delegate, but you don't see all these people. That, you know, you don't see the numbers that you see running for these lower offices, right. ones that you could win. Exactly. Again, I mean, I you out, could you could just throw your name on the ballot for something like central committee, and you could actually just win. You could win, right? And that's only t- I think that, I think that doesn't even cost anything to file for for central yeah. committee. Um, I mean, if you're not going to do any paperwork or do any fundraising, it's just as easy. Yeah, but there are not? some there are some candidates who just get off on the idea of being running for Congress or running for the US Senate. There was a candidate, and I won't mention names, okay, who I had a long discussion with before they filed for Congress. Right. And I had a long discussion with this candidate and said, Look, you can run for Congress, but you know, yeah, they said they were going to invest all this money they were going to invest money into this congressional right. race. I'm like, I don't okay. know who you're talking about, but Okay. But you live in this district that's winnable. It's got three Democrats that's winnable if it's competitive. Yeah. If you take that money you're talking about spending on a congressional run and put that in a House run, you'll be a member of the House of Delegates and in a lot better position to run for Congress one day. Yeah. Needless to say, that advice was not heeded. Right. Well, 
I, I mean, you know, if somebody's going to run and spend money, that's one thing. But, yeah, to not do it. I don't get it. Anyway, enough of that. Anyway, speaking of people right, filing for Congress, um, <laughs> Andy Harris, of course, gets 75.6% of the vote. Sure. And he has two primary opponents, as you know, Martin right. Elborn. At 1.9% of the vote. And Lamont Taylor. Lamont, you dummy. At 1.5% of the vote. I don't know, checking in at 21% of the vote. In the second district, which is, you know, a theoretically competitive, competitive yeah. district. Competitive? Um, Liz Matori. Sure. He gets 19.4% of the vote. Right. Uh, Mitch Toland finishes second with 11.5% of the vote. Hubert Owens. 6.4% of the Who vote. I interviewed him when he was running for something else, apparently. State Senate. You did, yes. Yeah. He was running for State Senate in 32 at the time, and then okay. got, got talked into running for Congress to, for, for some reason. Whoever talked you into it, Hubert, thank him. And we both know who did that talking, so. Um, well, he's doing a lot for you, it looks like. <laughs> and Mark Schell, 5.7% of the vote. Right. I don't know, checks in at 57%. I don't know. Third District. Charles Anthony gets 11.1% of the vote. Rob Safrith, who we've interviewed, gets 4.7%. And I don't know, gets 84.2%. Yeah. Check out our interview with, with Mr. Safrith. Check out our, all of our interviews. Well, no, you should do that, and I'll mention more as we go through here. But again, when you say, I don't know anything about these candidates, well, we interviewed them. Yeah. You should, you should listen to what they had to say. Fifth District Congress, William Devine, excuse me, Johnny Rice wins that one with 8.5% of the vote. It's there's you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> William Devine gets five point four percent of the vote. I don't know. Checks in at eighty six point one percent. That's a wide open race, guys. In the sixth district, Ami Hober wins with twenty one point seven percent of the vote. Right. Easily out distancing Brad Roars, who had six point four percent. Kurt Elsasser, another guy you interviewed, Greg. That's true. Actually, you interviewed Brad as well. Actually, you I, interviewed all of these candidates except for. I don't Ami think Hober. I interviewed uh, Ms. Hober. Yeah. But. Uh, but the door's still sure. open. I'd love to interview her, sure. Um, and uh, Brad, uh, Lisa Lloyd gets 3.3%. Undecided, I don't know, still at 64. I, I haven't seen any percent. actual polling from this race. I doubt you will. It's probably... Um, this was one we thought might be hyper-competitive. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's it's not. not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we probably won't be even talking about it that much. Um, seventh, oh, here's a, here's a fun one. The 7th Congressional District. This is fun. Once again... The most candidates running, Republican candidates running for a congressional seat in the least winnable congressional race. Well, you've got, you know, you've got a legion of heroes running here. William Newton Bill wins Newton. with 22.5% Good guy. of the vote. Uh, Pinkston Harris. Good guy. By the way, if you want to win in the 7th District, get the whitest guy that you can keep with the old timing. Yeah, perfect. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Pinkston Harris gets 3.4% of the vote to finish second. Richmond Davis and Michael Pearson tie at two percent of the vote, and then Greg's favorite Ray Bly. I don't. I don't know. Ray Bly got three votes. I mean, that's, I, that's crazy. That is just. Oh, you better check that. Is that, that just him? It may be. I don't know. He has nothing else to do other than petition. The and I've said this and, before: the creepiest guy I've ever talked to on the phone in my life. Yes, that and that's and Greg's a lawyer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've talked to real hardened criminals. That's fine. They're 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 just people who made a mistake. This guy. Creeper. Yeah. And you listened to the interview, too. Did I, mean, I listen to that? Ago. This um, was years ago. This was years ago. I have to go back and listen to that. I don't I don't remember that one. Maybe it was. Maybe. Way. I don't know. I. But it was that guy skeeved me out. Yeah. He's, you know, creepy dude. Creepy yeah. dude. Eighth district. Uh, Victor Williams wins with 4.7% of the vote. Right. 
followed closely by John Walsh, not the guy from America's Most Wanted, at 4.3%. Bridget Cooper, 2.5%. I don't know, 88.5%. Yeah, you tell me. I don't know. I don't know either, to be honest <laughs> with you. I don't know about a whole so lot So let's of move into the uh, other races. All right, so this was obviously a lot of people were interested in voting in this particular race. Yes. Al Redmer, uh, this is the Baltimore County Executive primary. Al yes. Redmer, Red Maryland endorsed Al Redmer. Correct. Way, gets 45.8% of the vote. Pat McDonough gets 33.8%. I don't know. Checks in at 20.5%. And, and it's and it's fairly close. I mean, look, I mean, that you know, this is not a scientific poll by any stretch, but a lot of people vote. Obviously, there are a lot of... Pat McDonough supporters who read Red Maryland and and whatever. So, you know, we'll see. I don't know if the race will be that close. I don't know if we'll see any actual polling, but it's going to be a great race. Have at it, guys. I mean, they already have. I mean, I see Al Redmer, you know, going in the Facebook comments and challenging people. So if he's in it that deep, it's going to be a heck of a race. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Speaking of county executive races, uh, the Frederick County executive race, um, the uh, the winner in that poll, Kathy Avzali, 18.3% of the vote. Kirby DeLauder, 7.9% of the vote. Regina Williams, 4.1%. I don't know, 69.7%. I haven't asked my father-in-law who he likes in that race. You should ask your father-in-law. He used to he like Kathy, but he fell out with Kathy. Like person he fell out with Kathy? Yeah. Or just Facebook read out with Kathy? No, no, he knows her. He's contributed her campaign. Okay. I think he didn't like her supporting Cruz, to which I reminded him, you know, I was like... One of the state leaders of the Cruz campaign in Maryland, right? Yeah. I, I didn't like him. He's a Trump guy. I'm like, okay. All right. So this is what you're dealing with. You should you should ask him where he's. He's in Kirby DeLauder's demographic. But I'm working on him. I'm, I'm baby stepping. you got a lot of work, work to do between now and June 26th. Yeah, well, again, taking a temperature. Is he living? He, he, you said he lives in, in Senate District 3, right? Yeah. All right. Well, this is, this is the, this is, you know. These are important I don't know if he lives here. in Senate District 3. He lives in northern Frederick County. That's probably, that sounds like Mike Huff's district. No, Mike Huff's Yeah, I think, I think he does live in Mike because he knew Abzali. Kathy is a delegate for okay, that district. Okay, so then, yeah. Okay, yeah. so then he probably, Mike's probably his, his senator then. I think he's okay with Mike. Okay, well, that's good. We're okay Everybody's with okay with Mike. Nobody hates Mike Huff. Come on. <laughs> nobody. That's crazy no, talk. Nobody who accomplishes anything. At- oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of Senate District 3. Um, Craig Giangrande, the winner in that poll, that poll there, 18.7%. Billy Shreve, 6%. I don't know, 75.4%. Now, a lot of people, I mean, some of that, of course, is people who live elsewhere. A lot of our respondents weren't from Frederick County. So. Right. So a new, a new race for our poll yeah. is the 29th dist- Senate District, um, where I need to correct a typo on there because that is clearly not correct. Either way, Steve Waugh got 22% of the vote. Uh, Jack Bailey got 7.3% of the vote. I don't know, 70.6% of the vote, but I will tell you this. You put Chris West. I know, I know, I did. Um, <laughs> like I said, i got to fix that. Uh, let's, this exa- poll, let's, let's examine that, Dr. Um, Freud. Do you know what? Full disclosure, <laughs> we took off the 42nd district race that was in this spot. Ah. So that's why. Okay. Which okay. is not competitive. Which is anymore. not competitive now because Chris West is... Is uncontested. That's right. Go get running it. For that, uh, running for that seat. Open now this, seat. Now, this poll, this poll, though, opened a long time before Governor Hogan came out and endorsed Jack Bailey in this race. You would think that would move the needle. Yeah. Right. You know, the, you know, uh, yeah. It, it is rare for see the governor, our governor, endorsing a, an incum- a, a challenger to an incumbent sitting Republican state senator. It's rare to see that in any circumstance. 
I, this governor's never done that before. No. So what what, what Steve Wall did, <laughs> it wasn't one thing. No. No, it wasn't. <laughs> this is not a governor who's, you know, who who fires from the hip. I mean, he's slow to anger, but. I, I talked recently. He to, got he got the full hawk treatment. I, I talked recently. From to, the worst guy you want to have on your bad side if you're I, a Republican <laughs> in this state. I talked recently to an elected official from down that way. Yes. A Republican elected official down that I got, way. I'm following. I'm trying. I'm and, picking up what you're putting down. And, um, yeah, he said that Steve kind of asked for this. Okay. So. And, and the governor ain't taking a flyer either. He wouldn't do that. No, the governor's not. Even if he really didn't like somebody, he's not going to take a flyer. So. So. Anyway, we'll that's, that's, ra- that's got a lot of attention. And you never know. You may read more about that. Oh, I imagine you will. There'll be a lot more. So we moved over to another new race. We added the 32nd Senate Senate District, where uh, our good, close, personal friend, John Grasso, is running for the state Senate. Hey, let's be be fair to John. I mean, he was convinced by the county executive to run in that race, and he did. That's the story, and he's sticking to it. (laughs) They sat down, they chatted, and and then the county executive signed his cat bill or whatever. So we're all friends now, which is good. Anyway, John Grasso at 20.1% of the vote. I have uh, a cat. I like cats. I don't have a problem with Maureen cats. Maureen Bryant gets You better feed your cat, though, because we have strict laws in this county, just so you know. This could go an entirely different That's direction. the law they passed. You got to give. You got to have water for your cat and your dog, and so they can't tip it over. That's the law in this county. We regulate that here in Wait, the county. Wait, I'm not tracking this. What the hell are you talking about? They passed a county ordinance that was sponsored by John Grasso, uh-huh. signed by the county executive, uh-huh. obviously passed by the county council, and they had a big they had a big photo op, and we got the press release. Check I'm, the Red I Maryland email. Been, I might have been on the, on the and cruise the point, point. Of, the point of that legislation was that the county was regulating uh, how much you feed and eat your your pets? How much you eat your pet? Well, you I don't think you can eat your pets. Well, you, that's what you said. Was I, how eat, much you how much you water them and how much you feed them? And if you don't meet certain minimum requirements, then that's a violation of county law. Who's going to enforce it? Uh, what well, the county police, obviously. Yes, I'm not making this stuff up. You couldn't make this. Is up. what the county is doing now. And not only are they doing it, two conservative Republicans leading the way in state regulation of how you treat your property, which is what pets are. And look, I have a cat. I give him plenty of water and food. I don't want people to mistreat animals, but maybe maybe that's not something we need to do as conservative Republicans. But you got two of and they're celebrating it. They celebrated it. There you go. So there you go. So I don't know. Get seventy point three percent of the vote. I can't do anything with that. That's wow. That's the world we live in. Local politicians. That's what they do now. We, you know, conservatism stops. At the, people love their pets, and if, if there's no better way to pander as a local politician than to pass bills about dogs and cats. And some of our best conservative friends who believe in limited government and and limiting state regulation when it comes to a lot of important areas about people, don't see a problem with it when it comes to, you know, all kinds of legislation about dogs and cats. Let me just say this for the record about that, okay? I love animals. Sure. Especially with a side of potatoes. <laughs> oh, now that's terrible. Now you're, you're going to get letters now. Just remember, you can love your pets, but don't love your pets. That's all I'll say on that. 
You really, you really did grow up out in Frederick County, didn't you? <laughs> I'm going to let that go. Uh, the next one is District 1C. Yeah. Uh, in that race, Mike McKay, the incumbent, right. gets 12.1% of the vote. Nicole Alt-Myers, the, 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 the wife of, of former delegate, current county commissioner Leroy Myers, right. gets 6%. And Jordan Lyscheck gets 4.6%. I don't know, 77.3%. Now, Greg, this is the big one. I remember I mentioned earlier about races that just draw a lot of people, and there's really only one delegate race that draw, drew a lot of people. It's right. this one in District 7. Right. Okay. Um, the big winners in this race, I'm not even going to go through this whole thing, but it's there are a lot of people getting a lot of votes. But Kathy Shalega laps the field pretty much. Right. This is Delegate District 7. Three delegates in this district, right? Correct. Kathy Shalega is there. This was where Pat McDonough was. He's not running for re-election. And Rick and Pilaria, who is running again, is the other company. So, so here you go. The top three are Kathy Shalega, okay, who gets 31.5% of the vote, okay? Go back down. And then you get to Michael Jeppe. You did it this way, dude. Who gets 11.4% of the vote. And then Dave Sieben, who gets 11.1% of the vote. So you've got Rick and Pilaria, the incumbent, coming in fifth place in this poll. You've got a, right. a guy who's run as a Democrat multiple times, finishing ahead of him. I mean, it's just what about a, Mike Jeppe. Did you say I that? said Mike oh, Jeppe? Okay. Yes, he's a good boy. We're doing a great show. You should listen to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. Good advice. <laughs> and then, you know, it's basically the field is just it's just spread over. I mean, this is and the worst. The, the strangest part is the fact this is quite exactly how it plays out on Election Day. You're going to have Kathy Shalega just whooping everybody who's going to finish in first place in this district. And then you got to wonder how many people are going to be pissed at Impolaria for being, you know, getting his DWI and just generally being a douchebag his entire life. And then you've got all these other candidates running, too. I mean, it's just right. it's just a, a mess. And you know for a fact there's not going to be polling on this race. Well, I don't know how effective it would be. But, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be one of the wilder ones, and we'll see how it uh, plays out. District 27B, uh, a, a single-person district. Single-member district, yes. And, one of the few. and Phil Parenti gets 23.4% of the vote. Michael right. Thomas, 5.6% of the vote. I don't know, 71% of the vote. There you go. Oh, now we get into my district. Yeah, my, we get to your district, district, where you have seven people running. Yes. and Three seats. For three seats, and the incumbents finished one, two, three. Tony McConkie finishes first at 21.3%. Sid Saab at second, 21%. And then Mike Malone at 17.9%. Finishes third. Jerry Walker finished fourth at 16.4%. Yeah, close. And then you have a drop-off from there. This is not scientific, but, I mean, that's... That's how it's going to end up, more than likely. Okay? I mean, maybe no, they're not, not the top in that four, order. I mean. The top four, I mean. Probably. That's going to be your top four. Oh, sure. I mean, Tom Angelis has been running right. for office every year since 2002. Yeah, Usually sometimes a Republican, Republican, sometimes a Democrat. Not I love Tom, but I don't get Tom. Tom, I don't get you, man. I, you know... I didn't get Tom running for county executive 16 years ago when he ran the first time. If you want a dictionary definition of perennial candidate, it's Tom Angelus. He has run I don't in every four years, like clockwork. Yeah. He ran and, for and, county executive and twice. It's not like he came close a couple times. No. He, it's not like he's building towards something. No, he got 35% in the primary in 2002. That's the closest he came. Yeah, I, I don't get 30 it, Tom. points back. I, I don't get it. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Maybe he just needs, you know, he just likes talking to people. I don't know. Nice guy. I'll never forget, he decided that he was going to walk the length of Anne Arundel County. That's right, when he ran for county executive. That's right. I don't think he made it all the way. Well, 
Yeah. Well, that race didn't turn out that great. But I'm telling you that. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, you're basically going to have four people with three chairs. And it, and when the music stops, we'll see who gets the three, third right. chair. I would, by the way, there's already been a lot of excitement in that race. I expect there'll be a lot more. I would love to see. Somebody has to be polling this race. There's enough money going around. I here would that, think so. Somebody's polling it. I would be interested to see. What We'd love to share it. Right. I, that probably guarantees we won't be we won't be getting it. But yeah, that's okay. I mean, we don't have a dog in the hunt, so yeah, we have not endorsed anybody in this race. We have not necessarily discussed whether we will endorse in this race or not. But not necessarily, <laughs> right? So now let's move over to another new race, the 36th district, where uh, Mike Schmeagel Jr., not Mike Schmeagel, ah. Mike Schmeagel Jr., cashing in on the family name there. 26.5%. Maybe he'll try um, to actually win. Steve Arentz gets 22.4% of the vote. Jay Jacobs gets 17.1% of the vote. And then incumbent Jeff Grist finish, would finish his fourth in this poll at 15.3%. Rick Bowers at 14.7%, and then Wick Dudley, a real name, yeah. finishes with 4.1% of the vote. Good stuff. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, we'll see. So in 38C, another single-member district. Single-member. Uh, Joe Shano gets 9.9% of the Many vote. Many of these folks interviewed by our friend Mike Bradley, by the way. Yes. Ed Tennis, which has been also interviewed on Election Focus, gets 7.8% of the vote. <sighs> kind of got a good run for Senate. Just keep going. <laughs> People who are listening close got that. Go ahead. He has run for the Senate before. Of course he has. For the U.S. Senate. Of course. Yeah, as a Democrat. Of course. Why not? Wayne Hartman, 4.9% of the vote. Jim Schaefer, 2.1% of the vote. I don't know, 75.3% of the vote. Our last one, 42B, two-person, two-man, two-person district. Two Nino Mangione and fits 39.9% hey. of the vote. Tim Robinson. Sure. 35.3% of the vote. Raymond Bocelli, 14.1%. Justin Kinsey, 9.9%. I like a little Bocelli with some Mangione. I, I probably made that joke the last time. You've you've made several Italian stereotype jokes over the I'm course st- of this poll, yes. <laughs> On behalf of the Red Maryland Network, I'd like to apologize if I offended anyone. So, All right. <laughs> Now we get to... The, I was not the good boy. Now we get to the open-ended question, or as Greg likes to call it... The comedy unloading zone. And um, quite frankly, it's not all that funny this month. I, you guys guys let me let me down. Yeah, the comedy writers took the month off. Yeah, I don't know what that... These are like real comments. Right. Okay, but we'll read them anyway. The polling tool is very awkward. With every selection, the page auto-scrolled to the bottom. I had to scroll back up to e- answer each question. Tedious. Tedious, Brian. I br- I blame Brian completely. I didn't see Christian Mele for state senate come up in this poll. Yeah. So why would we poll a primary where the candidate is running unopposed? Right. We're we're really only polling contested primaries, sir or ma'am. With so many incompetent Democrats in the House, why would we send Rick Bowers to be an incompetent Republican in the thirty-sixth district? Oh dear. The trouble with non-competitive districts is that viable Republican candidates rarely run. Therefore, the primary election choices are not that great. If I may. You may. If the if the district's not competitive, there aren't going to be any viable Republican candidates. So, I think what you want to say is in the with less competitive can- districts or whatever. If they were viable, it would be competitive district. But anyway, 
your point is well taken. No, you are absolutely correct. That is, that is correct. Hogan Strong. Why didn't you have District 30 or 31 represented, Brian? You want to you help? Don't help. Voting Francho for Comptroller. Sad the GOP couldn't get a serious candidate. Let it's, me point out. It's, it's a good little time. sad. It's a little sad. I, I was in Annapolis. Yes, you on, met Ms. Foucault. On, on Saturday, and I saw a lady who was walking her dog, and I was walking to the state house, and she stopped and asked me, do you know where Six Bladen Street is? And so I said, I think that's the low building. She's like, yeah, it's where I want to go. I'm going to the College Republicans convention. Are you a college Republican? Oh, that was nice of her to say that. And I said, I used to be a long time ago. She's like, I'm I'm, I'm Angie Foucault. I'm running for comptroller. It's like, hi, I'm Brian. I'm Fervis from Red Maryland. And then the look. <laughs> that's fun. Oh. And she was, very, she was very kind. She was very yes. nice. I, I invited her to come on, told her we'd be nice to her. Um, yeah, no, we're nice to people. Come on. When we have people on, we're nice to them. Come right. On. We're not jerks. We sometimes let them give 10-minute monologues, and then they hang up on us before we get to ask them any actual, like, serious question. There's that. Right. But at least they mention us in the newspaper, so that they do. makes it better. They do. We're all friends now. And I, just so you know, take care of my cat. Not a problem. So we'd love to have Ms. Foucault on sometime. I won't say what you tweeted to me when you ran into her, because... I I didn't say anything untoward. No, you did not say anything untoward. Yeah, that's true. So, all right, go ahead. Your turn. Um, where are we? Gail Bates, Senate District Nine. Call the Seventh Congressional District the Dinosaur District. Look at it on a map. Okay. All right. Whatever. We need we need Republican elected officials to represent their constituents, not striking deals with the liberal mainstream in Annapolis. How can you choose when the Republicans don't get their name out in front of the people? Marylanders want Republicans to stand up and fight. They especially need to replace Cardin and the Democrat who was gerrymandered into office in Western Maryland. Okay. Uh, need to know more about those running. We want a conservative in Montgomery County, Maryland. If only there was some sort of website yeah, that, that, they, that they've profile. already gone to yeah. that would have some of this information. Yeah. Imagine if... That were possible. Obviously, I need a lot more information about the people running in my district, 33, for delegate, and more info on any candidate running for the U.S. House of Representatives in our gerrymandered District 4. By the way, I would why just is recommend that obvious? I would just, I would just write in somebody for Congress. Just That's just what I would do. Why is it obvious that you need that? I mean, how? I mean, that's actually one district where the candidates have actually been whatever. Uh, I don't have information on many of these nominees. If only there was a website you could go to to learn about. None candidates. of them are nominees, by the way. Yes. Better un- infrastructure and schools is my first priority for Maryland. How about that Max Davidson drama? No, it says, how about hat Max Davidson drama? Okay, I was giving him the bad for the doubt. Come on. Who's Max right. Davidson? I don't know. Okay. I assume it's a wrestling thing. I, I, I don't know. As a voter... I want to know who Breitbart is, E-N-D-O-R-C-I-N-G. Yeah, you were trying to be clever, but then you spelled endorsing wrong, so you look like an idiot. Uh, I'm a lifelong registered Democrat and watched the party go too far left and corrupt. Will not vote for any Democrat in the general election. No info on any of these people. Yes, actually, there's lots of info on all of these people at RedMaryland.com. Damn it. Get rid of Bush and Miller. 
Support Hogan. It's in all no, caps. There were, there were periods after the support. So you have to support. Support, support Hogan. Hogan. Support all of the Second Amendment. Support business, small and large. <laughs> I like how they got calm there when we got yeah. to support business. And they spelled Bush wrong, but that's okay. Most questions aren't relevant to me. But the biggest problem is not knowing who anyone is. Glad you didn't ask about Hogan. Yeah, well, he's not in a competitive primary. And again, we've got these candidate surveys at redmaryland.com. How can you complain about that when we've... Oh, I'm sorry. You're making me angry, people. You're making me angry. Pass... Wait a minute. Where are we? Here we go. Uh, Pass the Ed Accountable Act Defund Planned Parenthood Repeal Common Core Fix Gerrymandering. I'd ask you to diagram that sentence. It's not a sentence, so I couldn't do it. If they have been in office, they need to go. Okay. Well, that makes it simple. I'm actually from Prince George's County, but the survey would not scroll down past MoCo. Passed. Down past. P-A-S-S-E-D. Sorry, I don't know anyone in these districts. The These Republican, can't see air quotes, candidates need to talk more about supporting constitutional government of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Many of their statements on issues sound like a different flavor of big government, Democrats, a.k.a. Rhino. Well, at least this guy's read our surveys, it looks like. Repeal Common Core, pass the Pain Act, pass the Yet Accountable Act, defund Planned Parenthood, Pinkston out. Where are all the Republicans? M-D-R-E-I-C report. Google it. Okay, so Google that. Dwayne the Swamp. Drain, not Dwayne. Drain. Drain. Try it in French. Drain the Swampnapolis. Come on. That's lame. Come on. Okay, so I finally voted in this poll. Do I get a cookie? (laughs) That's an internet joke. I get it. Trump is still president. Bob Barrett might have mentioned it. Was that in some doubt? Sorry. Bob Barrett might have mentioned it. (laughs) Life of a salmon. Salmon. Copyright. We need a majority in one house of the legislature. Sure. Let's do that. Tim Robinson is using Nina Mangione for his money. Nino Mangione for his money, according to Chris West. West knows that Mangione doesn't live in the district, yet he attacked Jimmy Mathis for the same thing disgraceful slate i obviously need exposure to the candidates positions lol okay that's somebody who gets it thank you keep it up keep it up education is a huge issue this cycle it says a huge campaign issue this cycle. a huge shut up a huge campaign issue this cycle what about 42a let's not push nba too much on public if i watch espn it's the only thing being pushed on the public okay I will be voting strictly Republican in this election. Conservative voices need to be louder. I haven't heard of most of these people. PayPal.me slash Red Yeah, we'll buy a megaphone. That idiot Vaith couldn't win a run-man race if he actually tried. When will he stop mucking things up for real candidates? Look, to be fair to Brian Vaith, he has not mucked up anything for anybody. Yeah, I don't, judge, think he's okay? ca- I don't think he has the ability to really muck things. He has every right to be on the ballot as anybody else. Okay? Yeah, but yeah, he's not even the craziest. He wouldn't even win that contest. Nope. Conservative voices need to be louder. I haven't heard of most of these people. PayPal.me slash Red Maryland. I recognize two names out of all the names. None for the Senate to defeat Ben Cardin. There is a lot of work to be done. Yes. 
Uh, I don't I do not know enough about most of these people in your list. Somehow Republicans don't seem to feature in any way in American and Maryland politics. If only we had some sort of statewide elected <clears throat> official who controls the budget and the executive branch of government. Yeah, but he's not featured in Maryland politics. The governor is not featured in Maryland politics. A brief on every candidate should be circulated to help in deciding who to vote for. Jesus Christ. Do you want me to cook you dinner, too? I mean, we're doing everything we can. Maybe Brian will shove a broom up his ass. He can sweep up. Come on. Give us a break. Well, I'm not volunteering for that job. I just tried to make it. It's late in the show. I'm I'm losing it rapidly. Brian's going to say, no, you lost it, Greg. You never um, had it. Fair enough. Let me know how I can help, aside from donating money. <laughs> Share on, on uh, yeah, Facebook and Twitter and tell people about us. Roses are red, violets are blue. Mike Miller is a blowhard, and Mike Bush is too. Pinkston Das Kaput, wrong district. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. Defend 2A or re-register as a dem. Hashtag MMGA retire Cummings. Too many Democrat and not enough Republican choices for governor. <sighs> Carl McGee for Baltimore County Sheriff. Oh, he's running again for something? Awesome. That sounds good. I don't know how much more Maryland taxes and fees and regulations I can take. I thought things were supposed to change. Yeah, that's that's it's called called math. We don't have. We need to elect more Republicans to the. To yeah, the we actually have reduced. The governor has reduced taxes and fees and regulations. All right, Greg, tackle this one. That's fine. This is Korean. I don't speak Korean, but I, thank you for saying. I did. Us. I actually Googled this and translated. it. Oh, did you? It says, "Vote for Newton." <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but it's funny either way. No, I'm I not did, sure I, which I way. I swear it's funny. to God, that is that is one hundred percent legit. Okay, that's funny. State and county leadership is playing dirty politics to put the establishment in. They need to stop it now and let the people who want to run to do so and get elected on their own merits. This is the kind of crap that drives people to independence and why people quit giving to the GOP. If you've taken one look at the U.S. Senate ballot, ain't nobody been kept off the ballot who wants to run for the U.S. Senate. Yeah. Don't end a sentence with a preposition. In the primary for... Yes, that's the biggest problem with that... It's the one I can fix, okay? One problem at a time. In the primary for Montgomery County Council District 2, there is only one clear choice, Ed Amatetti. In 2014, we got over 40% of the vote in this district without running a real campaign. A stark contrast to Ed, who in the last reporting period outraised the Democrat incumbent. This is the one district we can flip and is the path to end one-party rule in Montgomery County. Let's not sacrifice an opportunity and run a sine wave candidate in District 2. Vote Ed Amatetti in the upcoming primary. I will say this, though. We have seen, particularly here in Anne Arundel County, sine wave candidates win. Well, let me just, I would also say, I've interviewed Ed. Ed's a great guy, and, and you know, he's he's a good candidate. But if he, if he can't beat a sine wave candidate in a primary, he's, he's not going to win in the general. So I agree. And last, but certainly not least... Wick Dudley for District 36. The House of Delegates need an infusion of youth, a fine young man with real shore credentials. There you go. So that's our poll this week. And as, as I said, go. they didn't bring the funny this month. Not really. Even when they tried, they, they didn't. Right. So. so those poll results, of course, will be posted on redmaryland.com. And um, 
I think it's time to pull this ship into. Oh port. God, let's just end it. Or we should, or we should, or we could talk about the 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 local media going to fantasies tonight. No, that's okay. Let's just yeah. let's just end it. Yeah, local media is at fantasies right now, going to the strip club because Stormy Daniels is there. Whatever. What are they going to report on? It's not like there's. Well, they're not. They're certainly not going to get to a video. Let's put it that way. Where's Channel 62? <laughs> Conan, the librarian. Anyway, um, you've seen that movie, right? UHF. I watched UHF. it not that long ago. Love yeah. it. Love UHF. I watched it again fun. not that long ago. Yeah. So let's pull this ship into port. Thank you for listening. If you've listened this long, um, thank you. Yeah. You are a true super patriot. You're not the a real problem. Super You're not the problem. Exactly. Uh, we, of course, have a variety of shows here on the Red Maryland Network. Saturday a new episode of Red Maryland Election Focus. We are. We got, uh, we've got one in the can. We've got a couple more interviews lined up. It's going to be a great show. Check it out. Sunday night will be a brand new episode of The Air Raid with yours truly. Um, Tuesdays in May, the conservative refuge might be back. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And, that's a good way to um, put it. Of course, the, the flagship Red Maryland Radio will be back next Thursday here. Yes. Greg Flying Solo next week. Oh, that'll be good. Which will be, of course, if you listen to Greg Flying Solo Thursday night. Your boy's tired. <laughs> it has been the last few. I'll, 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 I will. That shtick is retired. But I is it? I'll find clowns and I'll find cycling and I'll, I'll find something good. Don't worry. Okay. And uh, of course you can. And of course also don't forget too. Tuesday, May the first, Red Maryland in conjunction with the District Thirty Two Republican Club will be hosting a candidates debate for candidates for the Republican nomination for Sheriff of Anne Arundel County. So yes. Be sure to, uh, to to attend that. Of course, we will be trying to tape that and broadcast that as its own separate show. So stay tuned for that. And, of course, you can always go. Uh, come come there. Yeah, just come to the event, okay? It'll be a good time. We'd love to see you there. To listen to all of these shows and to have them automatically downloaded to the device of your choice, you can subscribe to the Red Maryland Network on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google Play. Don't cost nothing. The home base for all things Red Maryland, of course, is redmaryland.com, where we continue to just bust candidate surveys all over the place. Every day, multiple times a day, nobody is spewing more content on the internet right now than Red Maryland. You guys are listening to this are not the problem. When people say, I wish I knew more about the candidates, say, have you gone to redmaryland.com? They've got hun- literally... Hundreds of candidates. Surveys. And by the way, you can help be the solution to the problem. Yes. By sharing Red Maryland stuff on your Facebook feed, yes. on Twitter, on Instagram, on, on Google Plus, if you're still on that, LinkedIn, whatever. You can share Please. Red Maryland stuff and be the force multiplier. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. That candidate you like, set, share their survey that, that was on the web. Candidate you don't like, comment on that, share that. We're on Twitter, at Red Maryland. We're on Instagram, at Red Maryland. Of course, the home base for all things Red Maryland is redmaryland.com. Click on the Support Us link, and you can find the ways to subscribe to the email, uh, to our email newsletter, to subscribe to the podcasts, to donate, paypal.me slash redmaryland. Use our Amazon link to make your purchases on Amazon. Um, buy stuff from our Zazzle store, zazzle.com slash redmaryland. Uh, you know, we got a lot going on, of course. Mar- May is Maryland Podcast Month, so we got some stuff that we're going to be coming up doing for yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, you know, there's just just a lot going on, and RedMaryland.com is the only place bringing you this type of expansive, extended, continuous coverage. It's true. If you want to get in contact with us, RedMaryland at gmail.com is how you can do that. The phone number to Red Maryland Talkback Line is 410-205-4875. What's that number? 410-205-4875. And we will feature your comments on a future Red Maryland Network program. Greg, any final thoughts? 
Uh, you know, folks, we got the information. Go to redmailin.com. Quit busting our chops. For everybody here at the network. Thanks for just taking the poll, though. Indeed. For everybody here at the network, thank you very much for listening. For Greg Klein, I am Brian Grimace. You have been listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. Oh, radio.